we're back. That's how we end. That's how we enter the possum hole right there. <laughs> uh, with a broken foot. Uh, <laughs> sounds, foot. Sounds like you just broke your broken foot. Broken voice, broken foot. Oh. oh man, bummer for Dino though. Broken toe, big toe. Broke his big toe. So what? Uh, my, he was talking to my brother uh, like the day after he did it, and I guess he. Uh, I don't even know what happened. He crashed. Okay, uh, was this? I think he went was over this the, during the week. Yeah, during the okay, week after the rock, after the rocks and thing, he like went over the bars, landed on his foot. Uh, he thought he broke his foot at first, but I guess it's just a broken big toe. I saw a photo of his foot. It looked yeah, it's na- it's nasty. Broke his big toe. He thought he might have screwed his knee up, but I guess his knee's okay. So I guess he'll be back for Orlando. That's good at least. Ah, oh, still is that sucks. A, is man. that your? Is it a shifting foot? Yeah, shifting foot. Oh mm-hmm. man, that's gonna hurt. Yeah, it sucks. Every uh, shift. He tried to race uh, the Saturday round. Oh really? But he was like, he went no. out qualifying. He was like, fucking ten seconds off the pace. Just that's where he's got to like talk to the engineers at Husky and just make me like a single speed bike where I don't have to shift. <laughs> really, on a 450, you almost could. Other get than that electric bike going, you probably get away with yeah. it Barsha, already. Barsha, I can't believe Barsha raced. I don't even believe it that he raced with first gear. Yeah, and he broke that first shifter, gear. And he like, passed. He passed Osborne in the whoops in first gear. So, Are you fucking kidding me? So if you check his lap time, I, I saw. A, a recap video on that he had like i forget when he said he broke his shifter but his lap times are like all over the place and then at the very mm. end he like picks it up again so i don't know what's going on there it must have been it could second year unless they mm. run like a really weird gear ratio and that's it's just the thing, like right? yeah. it's a custom yeah transmission but i can't imagine you want to be riding in first gear like you don't want to be no. going between first and second no exactly mm-hmm. i i bet you they set the bike up to be in second yeah majority yeah. of the track you got to think a factory transmission surely is I, well, I'll, maybe they're I not would, changing the ratio that much these days. I don't I know. I have no idea. But I remember, like, those 450s are gnarly. I remember when we rode back at my at my dad's house back in the day, like 2008. I hit every jump on that track in first gear, and there were some big-ass jumps. That was jumps. a four-speed. Four-speed transmission, yeah. Yeah, and I, I thought I heard that they run three speeds. Three speeds. In, uh, that would make cross. sense. I guess that would make sense. the thing die again? Yeah. Oh, my God. Whatever, we'll keep rolling. Um, yeah, just give her a little tilt. Yeah, three speed would be weird though. Hey, supercross. I guess you're just like shifting. Four fifty. I guess you could do it. I got a feeling once you're into it. When I ride, I never think about what gear I'm in. I don't. Either. I just grab the shifter when I think I need more. Exactly. I think you get so used to it. Do you remember? Like, I remember back in the sixty days. It was like, I would shift down into first gear if i didn't know what gear i was in i'm like oh, i gotta be, i gotta be in, i gotta be in fourth to hit this jump i gotta be in fourth to hit this jump so in the turn before i'm gonna shift down to first and make sure i go one two three four yeah but yeah. it was like gnarly like that because the track was gnarly and you needed to be in that right power band i, I don't know with little limited skill it's kind of like you need to know what what the uh, yeah know, makes no and sense at really, this but. point people will ask you how fast do you hit that jump and most of the time i'm like I hit it wide open, almost no matter what. Like, there's very few situations where I'm, like, slowing up. And it's usually a scrub, so you don't yeah. want to teach someone who's asking what gear you're in. Yeah, but, scrub, dude, you hit right? the international wide open, you're going to die. Still. Well, <laughs> you, the thing is, you, you're pinned up to it. Yeah, and then you, you come coast. over that first jump, you scrub, and you pin it, and then you, you're off the gas, and you, yeah. You're, yeah. you're trying to scrub it. 
dude what if they pushed the international into one big lip and then made the next valley the landing Whoa! You, wait, wait. So which one? Which Whoa. one are you talking? Which, so the international. So you hit the. the say you push the international. You're not talking about the jump before double no. that valley or no, the next. No, I'm talking valley. about the next valley. So you push the whole international lip back, and make it into a giant I booter. Think you're gonna need some power band that comes from like NASA. No, you could do, do it. No, you could do it. It's definitely doable. You're gonna go about 900 feet in the air. <laughs> You got to make them lip shoot you far enough out. So the one line that I thought about you could do during the nationals is uh, come out of Shaw Valley and, you know, the big single out of the valley Mm -hmm. and then jump and double to that next single. It'd be be on a huge angle. You'd be going through a tree. That's the thing. I looked at it. It's like you're you're definitely taking your head off on a big branch as you go. But if you were to cut it tight enough, and I think if those rollers were tame on on national just, day, just pave them, pave, pave, em. and and like there was decent traction, I bet you could do it. I bet you, you would die. I bet you would <laughs> die. <laughs> <laughs> die. <laughs> and you're not gonna die on your your jump. <laughs> Maybe not, because at least you're going straight. You're not turning. You're, going straight. you're not turning. It's like a third the distance. Though. Sorry, I missed your jump here. Okay, what? so you take uh, don't eat, just demolish the jump before the international. Okay. Make it flat. Go downhill. You push the international lit back to where oh, the landing I is. I think I know it. You push it back to where the landing is. Okay. And you make it a massive booter, like 40 feet tall. <laughs> and then you ju- you make a landing yeah. at the other side of the valley where you go into the tree corner. I don't even know how that... I think, I think on a 450, if, you did, if Wait, your idea you're... is done absolutely perfect... <laughs> It's doable, but he, this is like this sounds like when Ricky Carmichael came to Calgary. Jumped. <laughs> oh yeah, I keep hearing. I, I keep hearing that story too. <laughs> oh yeah, that one was. Yeah. So you're talking about going from basically the international all Jumping the way that to that valley. next single. Yeah. yeah, that's like two hundred. Yeah. Well, people the, have jumped farther than that. I've well, even like random days, I've jumped right to the bottom. No oh yeah, problem. No problem. Scrubbing. Scrubbing, scrubbing land at the bottom mm-hmm. that would be... i get that i jumped i landed at the bottom on a 65 and snapped yeah. my handlebars in half yeah yeah but that's that's not even that's halfway that's, that's, halfway. Halfway. <laughs> the distance. that's, that's not even halfway. that's also chopping the throttle because that <laughs> that next <laughs> yeah but single you, going uh, it goes out at such a long rate compared to how fast the international yeah goes but down. you think you push that lip back 100 feet you push it Towards the valley. Oh, feet. you're. I thought you were talking about going towards the double, not towards that valley. Towards mm-hmm. the valley. Okay, so you'd put it where the landing of the international. Yeah, so you'd is. push okay. all that dirt into the lip. Damn, that'd be that'd be some hang time. That's some Robbie there. Madison. Stuff. Another one I thought of is after the finish, if that single in the corner was a little taller, you could square it up and step up onto the table. Right. I can't even finish. think of where the track goes right now. After the finish jump, is it a left there's that 90-degree oh, turn. There's a ta- oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. If you were yeah. to square it up big time, jump off that I've single landed, in the corner. Yeah, I've landed in the face of that. The, I've step onto the, the face thing. of it. So you oh. could, if they was built properly, yeah, yeah. you could do it. If it was really tall one day. Oh, man. Maybe you'd like square it up. I think it'd end up being slower to I the point where so. you need to square it up. I you go know, so high off that table. You go so high off it. If you landed on top of it, you just go whomp, and you'd be gone. Yeah, but you'd probably get taken out in the process. Yeah, someone would get a skill. You'd be like, oh, you would, use, yeah, yeah, you would use the entire track to do it. So you'd yeah. be off the track. Yeah, but 
I don't know. Well, but remember back in the day when we came over to Shaw Valley and you came over the single and then you go right and there's a single where you broke your ankle. Oh, yeah, 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 that thing. What if you came over to Shaw Valley and went whoop and landed on the downside of that and went straight to the finish? Yeah. that I think wow. that was doable. So again, peaky, so again. peaky though. Man, there's a lot of singles on that Again, track. <laughs> yeah. I think that was doable. Again, if like there was no whoops in the corner and you had to like – no wind line to do it. No wind on that day. The, the face of that I first one is so slippery. Too. That's, that's another thing. Yeah, it's so it's off camber, and and it's peaky on one side, and it's it's flat on the other. So, yeah. like, but it's crazy how far you can go off it when you hit that corner perfect, and you're not even trying to, and you just go like you scrub over it, and you just like land in the th- in the next single. Well, yeah. Do you remember going the other way that day when you were trying to throw like s- real tight scrub over top of that? Yeah, going into the turn. I think that way works better with that thing. Yeah. Well, I, no, it, not really. That landing nah, was so harsh. Was sketchy. Yeah. Into Shaw Valley. Yeah, going like the other 2017, way. 2017. I like that though. I I just wish there was something to land on. I don't know. I found there. it like that was where I made all my time in 2017. I yeah. made so many passes there, just like scrubbing the shit out of that and going far into those roll. Like I, you could almost send it into those rollers. That would be impressive. That'd be another send to go the opposite way and send it into the rollers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nothing I could do. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I haven't. I haven't been to the track in so long. It's been ro- over a year. I rode the track maybe four times this year. I think I bought I a five-ride card and I didn't even use them I think all. The only time I went, possibly, was the the announcing gig. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. I was uh. I ate shit on my mountain bike, so I didn't even get oh, most of yeah. the riding season in. Right. Are you all healed up from that or any residual effects? Um, I'm probably 90%. I'm weak. Like, my shoulder like, yeah. can't, like, push weight. But uh, I'm probably 90%. Because you did – you broke your ribs? I don't even bone. know if I broke my ribs. I think it was, like, soft tissue. I think it was cartilage between the ribs, and that was super painful. Yeah. And the collarbone was mangled, but it didn't hurt at all. I was walking around, yeah. moving my arms around, and it didn't hurt. And I got like a surgery like a week and a half later. Yeah. And that was relatively easy going. Um, and then the concussion. I whacked my head good. I, uh, <laughs> do, you, do you guys hear this story? The first time I called you, I asked you if you hit your head. You go, no, head's good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you I were still out of it like a day know. later. So... Um, you guys don't. Do you have you guys heard of the story? Yeah, or just which, tell it again. It's fine. Yeah. Okay, no, no problem. So, um, went to Moose Mountain and rode a trail called Race of Spades, and it's got a lot of jumps and wooden features and a lot of f- fun stuff if you're on your game. But if you're not on your game, it's gonna kill you. It's like a lot of like su- stars, ambulance rides out yeah. of there. Yeah. Um, it's uh. So one of the first big features is that is this drop section, and there's like three options you can take. There's a like a there's like a ramp jump that to me looks the sketchiest. If you do it slow, it's probably the easiest. It just looks sketchy. And then there's like a five foot, maybe six foot drop, and then there's an eight foot drop. And uh, I hit the eight foot drop. This is my first time, and I sent it a little long. And I was carrying tons of speed after that. And the next jump is right around a corner, and it's this like little step up. 
and I hit it way too fast. And uh, I launched it, and uh, I had like a fuck me moment uh, in the air. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was going over. There's nothing I could do at that point. And uh, I went over the bars and landed right on my head. My mountain bike helmet was in pieces. <laughs> Literally, like I was three or four pieces of the helmet. Wow. And um, I was with Jackie and uh, Chris. And uh, they caught up to me. And I was still like figuring my shit out. I didn't know where I was. I, was, I thought I was on a different trail. <laughs> and uh, we hiked out. And, and it just happened to be that we weren't actually that far from the... Uh, like the shuttle road right. so i only had to hike out probably like three four hundred meters okay. which wasn't bad um my ribs were like like pins and needles it was it was intense it was like a knife in my chest yeah um the collarbone again didn't hurt and then my head was a mess yeah and um yeah we got out and uh yeah chris went and got the van we drove out spend a night or not, not even a night in the hospital most of the evening in the hospital <sighs> which was my first covid hospital experience which <laughs> that was pretty on during all the uh covid stuff wasn't it as in july okay so we were a few, in the few lighter stages yeah, of COVID. yeah actually yeah. it was is kind of the ideal time to <laughs> go um and uh yeah the the doctor right away said the collarbone's a mess the ribs, he couldn't even see what was going on. So that's why it was probably just soft tissue damage. Yeah. And then, as we all know, they don't do fuck all for con- concussions. Nothing. So, um, and then I had to, I had to like stay on them about getting a, um, what do you call it? Referral for a surgeon for the right. collarbone, which like I just, I just hustled for that. Yeah called them over and over and over um got the appointment and i got surgery a week later and uh so i saw one surgeon the day we got the uh what was it called the requisition yeah. i don't know yeah. what you call it yeah um and then the day of the surgery i i go in there it was on a saturday and i walked in and the waiting room was already full and the nurse come up to me and said look you're probably not going to get in today. <laughs> you might as well go home. Wow. So I went home. And then they said they would put me in first thing the next day. So on Sunday, I went in. And yeah, I, I got in right away. And um, a different doctor than what I saw for the referral. And uh, it went well. I'm full of plates and screws now. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, two weeks later, I went for a follow-up, and I saw another doctor again. I, I don't yeah. even know the name of any of the doctors I saw. <laughs> and they'll tell you something totally different. Yeah, yeah. so that was a that was kind of a shit show. Is it the same side as your uh, humerus? No. Different no, side? A, okay. So I've broken this collarbone now three times, and this last time was a surgery. Yeah. You can see, if that was the same side as your humerus you got, and your elbow there, you got mechanical arm going on. Yeah. No, yeah. well, at this point, I got, I think I worked it out to being like 30 screws and four plates. Damn. Mm-hmm. Nice. So. Get a, you got 
three pounds at of this, steel. At this <laughs> point, though, it's like nothing you want to brag about. No, no, like it says, like. I get it. A lot of people at the bar like to tell you how many things they've broke, all their things. At this point, I was like, yeah. I don't yeah. want to talk Trust about me, it sucks too balls. much shit. It sucks balls was, when it gets cold. <laughs> I was disappointed when I hear, heard how much stuff they put in me. Yeah, yeah it sucks. And uh, if I won the lottery, I'd, I'd probably fly down and have the, the setup, the privateer setup to do it. Yeah. But... It's, uh, you could do 250 East. You could probably go set up 250 East Coast, and it's uh, probably make the main event right now. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's guys in there that no, I well outdoors. Are they having a hard time uh, filling ga- or filling qualifiers? So they have 40 guys, but there's like man, it's some of these guys. You watch time. You watch like uh, the B group and day practice. It's like 15 seconds lower, <laughs> dude. These guys look like the junior b class some of them again also i don't want to be that guy so yeah. if i can't do all the rhythms and i can't if i can't get through whoop sections and and do all that again it's just don't you don't have the try. skill though to do it you just need the funding the time the yeah. the proper tracks to go train on so the, much time the proper people it. around you to, to do it it's just like there's so much more that goes into it than just oh yeah just go do supercross yeah but speaking of that casey keese is doing it He's doing I, I think Casey's going to kill it. Though. He's a super good indoor rider. He's he's raced the Future West stuff his whole life. He's always been good at that kind of stuff. He'll I think he'll do fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's got the talent. He's got that race like the indoor racing mentality. Um, I think I don't think qualifying like actually getting to a night show will be hard for him, and I don't think actually racing a track will be hard for him either because he's. He knows how to race with other people on tight tracks, right? Yeah, he did. I don't know how he did in the Canadian Supercross rounds. You know, do you know how he did? He did all the no. ones in the on eighties. He did uh, Monster Cup. Yeah, he, he did, did really he, good. He almost, he almost won it. Was, yeah, he almost won Monster Cup eight. on an eighty. That was yeah, pretty so sick. So I think he would do really well. I think he'll do good. It's just a matter of uh, how he's able to handle the adversity and how how well he's going to be able to adapt to changing situations. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's hard to say. It's um, because yeah, it, it'll probably it'll be fine if he can get a good start and just ride a clear race. But it's gonna be chaos probably. That and I think for most, I don't know what the deal is with Canadian guys going down there. It always seems like they crash out. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, <laughs> well, it's part of the reason, right? Yeah, We're all down there hard. for half the time, mm-hmm. and yeah, you know, just trying to squeeze it in. I think he only got down there a couple weeks ago, and he's gonna race West Coast. Which starts in Orlando, <laughs> which is weird. West Coast That's first round west. in Orlando, in the farthest east coast of the country. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're they're doing what they can, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I I mean, I'm I'm pretty. It'd be pretty cool if he did well. Yeah, it was a bummer when Pettis went out because he. Oh. I think especially with all these injuries now, he'd be a podium guy. That, that was how I started my fantasy picks with Pettis and anyone out, and I wasn't able to change it before. I knew. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no. Jess would have been definitely a top ten guy consistently. Oh, he'd be easy top. I think he'd be top five right now. Yeah, the way this like how well, slim like how, what well, what year was it? Last year he had like. Didn't he get like a a fifth in a heat? two years ago? I two. think no, he got top five in a main. In a main, he did really. Yeah. Oh, I, did, I didn't even know. Yeah, he got top five in a main. It was a mutter, I think. Oh, okay. But he, but he's even, always had crazy speed. Yeah, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, he's he's been up there in heat races 
every time. So yeah, he's led heat races good. and then watered his brains out. Yeah, like it's just so. it's got to be such a different stage to go and race down there at the mm-hmm. Supercross compared to like a Canadian national when there's mm-hmm. ten fans there. Yeah. Like, but yeah, he seems like I, I'm, man, it's just like the same shit every year with him. Like, <laughs> knee injury he just got surgery wrist he just got knee on his he just got surgery i don't know if it was just like a meniscus or if it was an acl i don't know the details but he just got knee surgery i don't know if he'll be back who even knows what's happening in canadian motocross i don't even know if there is canadian motocross yeah have you heard anything i haven't looked into anything so we talked about this a bit last week um but yeah i think it's like probably the same shit as last year east coast from what i've talk to people like if you talk to the jetworks guys they'll say oh yeah we're gonna try and come west but what's like they can't come to calgary um that's main. that's pretty much their main thing to come to the west for is calgary that's their big draw it's a it's a a big hub for it and if they can't if they're not gonna come all the way out here to go to drumheller i don't think but no they're saying they're gonna try but i think it's gonna probably be you talk to people on the East Coast, they've heard that it's going to be the same thing as last year, just the East Coast yeah. series. Yeah. Which is, like, well, granted, it's it's a shit show right now. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah, it's it's and it's hard to uh, hard to believe that they're going to lift restrictions anytime soon for... I think we're like, like this for good, man. I think we're... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was being asked that the other day. I was like, do you think we'll ever... Because we were watching something where it was just a mass of people at, like, a convention. I was like, will we ever go back to that sort of thing happening is like i don't know you know we may try the outbreak keeps going lockdown again try again outbreak again you know we might just be in this groundhog day we gotta figure out a way to live with this thing because it's not this is not going well this is not sustainable it's for there's like overdoses i looked it up the other day overdoses are 50 percent last year were 50 percent higher than so the reason i heard that is because there's so much less travel like borders are getting closed everywhere that there's they don't have reliable clean drugs oh so they're trying to make shift some shit together yeah some death so maybe that's part of it too um that's that's one thing that got forgotten about in the whole well that's the thing thing. like apparently the numbers are still way higher than covid deaths oh yeah well that's the thing um, right we're listening to the doctors which are doing their jobs they're doing mm -hmm. their job saying okay this is what we got to do if we want to stop the spread but maybe they're not taking into consideration all of these other things like with the impact that we're going to have no economy left to come back to we're not going to have any like all these people that are committing suicide and overdosing which is terrible Mm mm-hmm they're not really considering these things because they're doing their job as doctors trying to say, okay, this is yeah, what COVID got, is going to yeah, do. Yeah, their their job is to deal with COVID. We need another side of else, it. We need someone right? else to say, okay, well, this is the impact. We need some epidemiologist or whatever. I don't even know who, what kind of person Epi- would. Yeah, I don't know who the epidemiologist uh, is. They do like studies on stuff like that, but <laughs> on stuff. They do <laughs> yeah. studies on that, stuff. That <laughs> smart guy that does <laughs> stuff. <laughs> not, it's not me. <laughs> I mean, maybe they do. I don't even know, but. It just seems like a complete shit show. Like, I don't think that, like, it's crazy to think, that, like, two years ago you say, oh, the government's going to tell you you can't have people at your house. Yeah, You'd be like, get the fuck out yeah, of here. That's oh, nonsense. Yeah, that sounds like a regime that yeah. you hear about yeah. in a Nazi country. Germany, yeah, it's like, it's crazy. Well, just listening to, like, the, when you're traveling abroad or the people coming back from traveling abroad, they got to get tested in quarantine and if they do test positive you got to go to this government select you know this government yeah. building yep. to be isolated you know like 
that sounds intimidating. <laughs> you got to go to a government-specific building to isolate. You can't even go isolate where you want anymore. I nope. just don't like the idea of the government having that kind of power to choose. They can't even manage where to get the vaccine <laughs> from. How are they going to tell yeah. you what so, you can do? Yeah. How are is, they going to tell you what you can and can't do? That has been my – That's I, I just don't get how we're so unorganized. We can't get these vaccines out quicker. Like yeah. That's just the true dough. Like, it sounds guy. like they're – they're going bad in their like refrigeration units well, especially with the population we have like it's not the same as like doing the states right no where... they're literally 10 times the yeah. population <laughs> that's crazy well like, this is where conspiracy theories are born though right because yeah. this shit is like what are you guys doing like yeah. what are you doing we need yeah. our conspiracy buddy on right now from the national. Oh yeah, what's what that guy's name oh, i can't remember rockstar uh, otsf truck driver who is his oh. name? We were talking. We got. He might yeah, be listening. Oh. He might have to call in for our uh, yeah, yeah, pre yeah. Inform us. <laughs> yeah. Inform us on the firmament. The firmament, the flat earth, <laughs> yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. He'd be a good guy to have on the podcast. Uh, Todd, you're usually into these conspiracy, conspiracy I like things. To, like, what's I going like on to in this check world? Check them all out. I think they're yeah. all. You can't, you're not funny, diving right into them, up, though. Update I, us here. I what's... love the idea of the flat earth. <laughs> Just the idea. Just the idea. <laughs> That's funny. Fascinating stuff. <laughs> any any new theories going on out there in the world we should know about? Um, the only one is this this great reset they keep talking about. Yeah. Um, How far into the rabbit hole have you gotten with this? I think it's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, everybody. I think He's it's gonna happen. Here. It's um not like not like it's portrayed, but. They're definitely going to reset something if it's what they're actually talking about. I don't know. But it's uh, they're going to change something. Something's going to have to change, right? It's not going back to normal. So they're resetting something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So there's uh, so many different like these guys. Some of these guys get so wild. It's like Illuminati. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I don't put think us in concentration camps. Although I just this, like, I didn't know anything about the Illuminati, so I did watch a couple of videos on the <laughs> Illuminati. I had no idea. I keep hearing it all the time. It comes up every time there's a conspiracy theory. And uh, the the one family they talk about who runs it or who is the illuminati <laughs> the, the rothschilds or yeah, whatever. yeah yeah so apparently like back in like i don't know when whenever uh who's the the spanish uh spanish. um napoleon when he was okay that long ago that's like 1800s so, isn't it yeah so when napoleon maybe? was making his crusade through europe or whatever he was doing um the rothschilds funded the uh was it the british government it would have been i don't know who i guess it. it would have been yeah probably um they funded it like a huge chunk of cash to like defeat um napoleon okay and then like apparently years after that they um they paid uh who was it oh they they fronted the bill for um who is it uh brazil to uh become their own country from okay. portugal is brazil the place where all the nazis went yeah that's, oh, that's brazil. everywhere in south america is that brazil i'm thinking of They're, everywhere in south have america have you seen that that i think we've talked about this before on the podcast yeah. but 
um, the the other conspiracy that that it's not Hitler went to. It's not. Oh yeah, the conspiracy that Hitler went there. But it's actually a fact. There was a TV show on it. Oh yeah, tons there's of like them tons went there. There's like tons of German speaking towns in Brazil. I think it's Brazil. Maybe Brazil, it's not. Maybe, I think I feel Argentina. Like it's Argentina, all of them. somewhere like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, they all flee down there. Yeah, that's wild. But but yeah. So, and apparently I got like more money than anything and it's hard to even track how much money they have because it's buried in so many different places yeah mm. so i don't do these people even exist is there any proof that they exist like the video i saw showed <laughs> one of them who knows if it was it had like a security team he showed up like the president in this like big where black does, armored vehicle where does he live i, I assume they're he's got to be England. 150 years old well it's a it's i bet you the family's huge and they just and stay a, low key and apparently they just like pull the puppet strings of the u.s government so and they say as allegedly wow yeah wild stuff yeah but like the re the reset is i think the reset's gonna happen for like um more of the uh not the economy as much, but like the environment, the whole. Right. There's going to be huge pushes for green future stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I, can, I, can, I can see, I can see, see it. Yeah. Which honestly, I think is going to be the end of Moto. Yeah, and, yeah, because we're just taking up so much land, right? It's the land, the water. I think the bikes are a small <sighs> part of it, but that's what they're going to attack first. Yeah. Um, but like even stuff like. You dig a track out, you tear up the grass, the erosion that happens after, like most people don't see it, but when, like I've worked at the, a motocross track for a couple of years and just like bikes riding dirt pushes dirt around so much. Oh, yeah. And then once you've ripped up that virgin soil, mm-hmm. that, that grass and shit doesn't grow back. Inside the possum hole. Back from our commercial break here. That is some Florence and the Machine. I've been digging Florence and the Machine lately. Mm-hmm. It's a good classic too. Oh, it's good. I, yeah. I've been digging the vinyls too. I just had the vinyl. I have like two or three vinyls. I just put on Florence and the Machine oh, all yeah. the time. Yeah, that's good. Digging it. I've been, I, actually, I actually dig the vinyls these days. Like I'm getting more into uh, like listening to the whole album. Yeah. Well, like it's like a whole experience rather than just like listen to well, those kind of songs. It forces you to listen to the whole album because you can't just like yeah next swipe right your finger away. and yeah have a new song. I think that's lost on a lot of people listening to music these days. Is it, 
I guess that goes with all of our society, right? That instant gratification of next, next, yeah, next. Exactly. I want the better one, better exactly. one. Exactly. Uh, I find if I'm just hitting next, I'll never find the song exactly, I actually yeah. like. So when I'm listening to a record, I'm like, I like all of these songs. Yeah. And they all, maybe not all of them, but. But even the ones you don't like, even like those interlude songs, it's like, it makes the album kind of whole and it's, mm-hmm. it's cool. Like, I'm really kind of digging it. Yeah. No, that's a good, uh, good thing to listen to the whole album yeah i don't know that camera's off already for is some it? reason yeah off what sure. that guy there's a cable get unplugged or did it turn off is it dead probably love this technology working oh, great yeah. today this oh. is how it happens what he's trying to say is <laughs> <laughs> there's our keelan for yeah. the night yeah keelan with the hashtag todd pot <laughs> <laughs> What were we talking about when it wasn't recording? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were talking about well, you had a Albums, brilliant though. idea. Okay, yeah. Here's my so here's what happens. Uh, we do a live show on YouTube. Uh, I guess you just do it on YouTube and Facebook Live or whatever, and people could call in and talk. Uh, like we do it between qualifying and the night show. Do like we, a pre yeah, like right. pre like, race day. Yeah, well, kind of like and then a like between. Yeah, qualifying and race. Yeah, or night show. I, I suppose it, it'd be sort of like uh, you know, uh, like if you were doing that live show in the pits. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. But I guess it would be not in the pits for everybody who doesn't it'd get to go the to the race. Hole, yeah, right? it'd just be cool. I think. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I think yeah, we should try it. Yeah. We try it. I mean, if it doesn't, if we don't get like how many people are going to be free at that specific time? I, well, that's just the thing, right? But uh, lots of people watch it live, I suppose. It's all the racing. On. So depending on if we did it kind of right before, well, it depends on what time we did it, right? Yeah, it's kind of hard. Good gap. Oh. It's hard for us to do it live because, like, I work on. We usually work on Saturdays, and yeah, it's like can't watch qualifying, so I don't know what I'm talking about. I haven't even looked at times. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. It's I don't know. Maybe I'd try uh, it we can we pick can a, do it though. Pick pick a couple weekends to do. Yeah, it. why not? Yeah, we could. What's give the it worst a go? that could happen? Yeah. Nobody listens to it. Great. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Pick like put Daytona it as, or something. Put it up as a regular podcast. And yeah. People will no, listen to it. That's a good it. idea. People mm-hmm. will download it. When's the next race? Let's get this rolling here. I'll put this schedule What's, up uh, earlier. I think uh, it's Orlando next weekend. Indianapolis today, Orlando, round seven. Yeah. Those so, ones are uh, damn early, though, those Florida yeah. rounds. like uh, It's like 4 o'clock. Yeah. 7.30 Eastern. Yeah, so it's going to be... Was that five thirty? Five thirty here? Yeah, yeah. That's not too bad. That's not bad. We That's could do it like we just started at like three thirty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Talk for a couple hours. Yeah, that'd or be even great. An, even yeah. just do an hour. Well, Who cares? Well, if we did a few hours, at least uh, it would give people a chance to kind of not have to be in such a specific time, right? Yeah. So we could kind of open it up, and it'd just be a long show. Yeah. No yeah. big deal. Whatever. Be fun. It'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Have guys like Todd join us. Yeah, yeah. just whoever. Give his expert opinion on <laughs> expert opinion. On Supercross? <laughs> <laughs> well, have you had... So, Keelan was talking about Supercross last weekend and how he's all, like, gung-ho for it right now a little bit. How much exposure or experience do you have riding Supercross? Zero. <laughs> Literally None? zero. Really? Yeah, you rode the Supercross or whatever cross track you want to call that in Calgary when we had it. That was no Supercross. N- yeah, nothing. I have not ridden. I haven't, like, poached the track at Milestone or I haven't done any of that. Um, I'll be honest for me to like hop on a bike and go race supercross. It would be like a year preparation just to get going. How do you think you would have done at it 
in your prime when you were the most focused and and you know like, on your game. I think he needs time though. Like any of us would need time. It's Mo- not- even even at that point, I would need six months. Well, the thing is, like, we never had the arena cross series, like the BC. Yeah. Did you ever do like a Let's Bridge arena cross? Yeah, and that's a, a joke. joke. But still, it's some kind of similar aspects. I did it, and I I got smoked. Yeah. I yeah. I was my own worst enemy, but uh, uh, I got smoked. Um, it uh, bad starts, and the problem with Lethbridge, it's like minus thirty where you park your bike, <laughs> and then you wheel it into the arena, and your suspension is frozen. Even your grips. That's what I noticed. Yeah. My handlebars were cold. My levers were cold. Your tire pressure changes drastically. Yeah, the rubber of the tires probably just dried out, and yeah. So everything. Well, it's just a recipe for. Were you going injury? Were you going to those every year? Like, when did you stop going to? I went like once every other year or something. I did when I was on uh, on eighties. I I would kill it at those, but Uh, I uh, I was kind of a superstar eighty. Yeah. rider in yeah. alberta yeah, so yeah you were didn't, uh, for sure wasn't wasn't the same and also an 80 on arena cross track is kind of ideal it, yeah it fits <laughs> yeah yeah it's yeah. like we were talking like about I could, alberta tracks yeah i could usually get over all the big lines on my 80 yeah but uh it's like on uh, a big bike it's a different ball game it's not even you're not even just racing the track you're you're literally focused on every other rider which yeah a skill that takes way more time to develop than than you think i think uh if we would have had the futures back in the day like someone like you would have done really well with that with that with that kind of racing yeah yeah well do that instead of going to world minis like wasting your time at world minis yeah (laughs) world minis was fun but like do it once and be done with it yeah it's a for the effort it takes to get the whole family to drive down to California or to Vegas or wherever yeah. it's going to be. And, uh, but yeah, it's like, a lot. I've had a, I, I'm sure you've had this too, but I've had a lot of people like, dude, why don't you just go race Supercross? Like, you got to go set, do it, man. Do the Supercross. Like, dude, you know how much money it takes to go and race Supercross? How much time? I've heard I work this. Win- I work all winter. Yeah. You think I'm just going to head down to, mm-hmm. is it frozen again? Is it still recording it's or no? It's still recording, but it's stuck on old Todd here. What is going on with this technology? Anyway, we'll keep going since it's still recording. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it takes a lot of time and money. Like, you got to head down there in November to go race Supercross. And then yep. all of a sudden, like, look at Pettis. He goes down there, trains at the Baker's factory for, like, two and a half months, mm-hmm. tweaks his knee in practice of the first round, and he's done. Like, mm-hmm. that's, like, it's just the name of the game down there. Like, you need tons of money to do it like are you tons really willing to money. go into a hundred thousand dollars with a debt just to go and race supercross and maybe get hurt and maybe not even make the night show and maybe not even make the main like oh yeah yeah and then once you make the main realistically you you're you're gonna get lapped so. how about yashik though yashik's doing pretty well yeah what mm-hmm. how's the update on yashik uh, last video i saw he was we got to get him on here like, yeah we have, before yeah. He, he's oh. not allowed he's not allowed to leave the country until he comes on the pod he, he yeah. has, he's got to come yeah. in person he's got so come he's still here though he's still here yeah okay good mm-hmm. but yeah he's doing 
awesome like yeah so good you were so, saying he's uh potentially got a bit of feeling in i think one he leg does or, i think yeah. he does like i haven't talked to him probably in a couple of weeks but yeah he sent a video probably a couple of weeks ago he was moving his leg wow like, li- i don't know how like yeah it's it's hard uh, it's, to say how much how much steps, is coming right? from the hip but yeah that's huge it's yeah yeah, yeah. That's, progress is progress at this point like mm-hmm that's good for him. I mean, he's the he's the positive type of guy. You know, he's gonna work at it. You know, oh, he's, yeah. he's got the he's right got, attitude for that. You know, as he's got that mindset. Where yeah, he's gonna like. It go sucks to see anybody go through that. It's it's, incre- it's incredible to see though, because yeah. like how many people, like I don't know how I would handle it. It would mentally it's just so destroy a lot of people. Every, I'd say ninety nine percent of people. Yeah, so, I think even like probably I would probably. Like, from the first day after that happened, I called him. And I'm like, man, I don't know if I should be calling him. Like, yeah. if it was me, I don't know if I'd want to talk to anybody. Right. He He's picked up the phone. He's, like, super positive. I'm like, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. And he didn't, like, he didn't even, I'm sure he's had his rough moments. But he has stayed positive the whole time. And it's yeah. very inspiring mm-hmm. to see that because he's, like, and I think the progress he's made is because he's been so positive like how many people how what would the progress be if he just sat there and felt well, sorry for himself he wouldn't have any progress that's just it the, like yeah. you're not gonna gain anything out of like you said sitting there for your, feeling sorry for yourself i mean you're gonna have those moments right but how you rebound and respond to those moments of um and i mean it's it's rightfully deserved or not deserved but uh like you understand I'm, why understand that yeah. you know feeling sorry for you who wouldn't right that's a rough place to that's be a in. rough place to be but when you're that positive the brain is powerful the body is totally. powerful and like you sure. hear of these crazy things happening out there to these people who are super positive work hard towards things and you know yeah. it, it's also you know gonna put them in a position where people want to help them too yeah mm-hmm. like yeah, you you get you hear you get inspired. S- sad stories of people, and it makes you kind of you know tear up, feel a little emotional for him. But you really root for that guy who is you know kind of mm-hmm. putting himself on the line yeah, out there to yeah. uh, giving it a, his all. Yeah, to, giving to it his all. Make it better, and it makes you think how much are we all li- leaving on the table? Like, oh. yeah. just with your yeah. mindset, oh. just with your mindset. Like, how much could you accomplish if you're who's, just positive? And who's that guy who? Uh, did the 50 Ironmans in 50 days. Oh, there's a couple of them that have yeah. done it. Yeah, it's like, nuts. Like, that shouldn't be possible, but people are doing it. And same thing with, like, people who come back from paralysis and stuff. That shouldn't be possible, but yeah. somehow it is. And it's so hard hearing, like, especially with my ankle, when when it happened, it's that this is just a broken ankle. I'm going to be fine yeah. in yeah. no time. Like, I was quickly... <laughs> told that uh this is not the case <laughs> yeah. yeah and uh it's it's hard to like hear stories of like success when you're in a situation where it's totally different like well, a lot of people who do have a spinal cord injury it is like that's it right that's there's no way of fixing it there's no feeling anywhere yeah and then and then you do hear stories of people who somehow get it back and somehow yeah it's like defying science and yeah what is that is that is that just positive thought or is it it's is it man. what is it right and yeah. then it's, it comes in the same thing like these people who yeah run up 
50 Iron Man in 50 days, like, to the point where they're, they, they go blind and they're so yeah. exhausted, right? Yeah. They're yeah. literally, their body shuts down, but they've pushed through it. And, like, what, what does the mind do to the rest of the body, yeah. right? Well, that's the crazy thing with Yasha. He's, like, he told me that he doesn't, he never even asked, he wouldn't even let the doctor talk and tell, he didn't even ask any questions. He's, like, he doesn't want to know. Uh, if he's ne- he doesn't want to know if he's never going to walk again. He doesn't want to hear that. No. He doesn't want to hear it one bit. I suppose he says he's walking again. He's walking yeah, again. Like, he's walking again. He's walking again. Don't let that before you know it. End. He's moving his legs, and yeah. the doctors are amazed because like this is not supposed to happen. Yeah. Uh, there's tons of people that have had not even uh, just bruised spinal cords yeah. never walk again. Yeah. Uh, it's it's like and what is that? No, this, that's the shitty part about medicine, right? We act yeah. like these doctors know everything, but they don't. It's in, in times that no fuck all, right? Yeah. Like, they can't explain well, half the all shit, All they can right? know is anything the that they see on paper, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what they're based off of is, you know, paper results. So mm-hmm. when something happens that is unexplainable, there's yeah, everybody's just dumbfounded by it. And mm-hmm. I feel like they do err on the side of caution not to keep people's oh, yeah. hopes up. Because yeah, right. totally. that, oh, yeah. that was the thing I was most worried about with Yashik. I'm like, he's so positive. He's so positive. I'm just I'm terrified. The doctors are going to tell him I'm terrified. grim and doom and yeah. everything. But. I'm terrified of when he realizes that it's not going to go the way he thinks. But yeah. then he just kept going and it's turning around. Like he's uh-huh. it's uh, It's crazy. Like that's inspiring mm. yeah yeah that's good uh, i'm surprised to hear he's you know moving and feeling and everything because at one point in time it didn't sound like that well that's what it sounded like from the beginning the people yeah. i talked to were like he's wow. the chances are he's never gonna walk again but wow. he's good on he's, him he's, like, yeah, that's like props to him man yeah yeah, yeah. i've always known yashik as like just a beast in general right yeah <laughs> Just like, the I first mean, time I saw him ride a jet ski, it's like it said it all. I had no idea how to do it, but wide open. You could just tell he was like he was fighting it every every time he hung onto the yeah. bars. He's gonna make it work. So yeah, he's gonna make it happen. Yeah, crazy stuff. Yeah, Polish nightmare. Does uh so when's uh do you know what? what's the deal with him is he he's in vancouver right now no he's in calgary he's in calgary so get this um he was gonna like from the gofundmes that we did and they did back in poland we were like we raised like fifteen thousand bucks and in poland they raised like 60 something i think so he was gonna pay to go to one of these facilities and they wouldn't accept him because he's not a canadian resident so how big of a fucking that loophole is that in how big of a loophole is that in the Canadian healthcare system? Like why is this not being talked about? Yeah. That's well, bullshit. Literally, like they're shipping refugees from everywhere to to get here to Canada and then yeah, someone who's already been had a job, had like had been here be- years yeah. in in society, yeah. right? Has friend groups, everything. And yeah, I can't use the yeah. medical huh. system. How, bo- how much? And pay for it. Sounds yeah. like he's gonna pay for well, it. Well, right? that's pay the big it. thing for pay me for is it. like pay for it. Uh-huh. You know, and at a place like that, I could understand if they were even like, okay, you pay up front. Yeah, you know, fine. you got to pay X dollars. Of fine, fine, right? They wouldn't even listen but to that, it. Yeah, wow. Uh, and you know, part of it was like, is there a list of Canadians waiting to get in there already? And he's I not don't a know. Canadian, you know. That I I, I do you, you see with that, right? But then again, that's another problem. But in our Canada's system. always kind of been known for helping 
helping out help first and figure it out kind of later you know with all the um money and insurance stuff but uh mm-hmm. i don't know that's man. rough that's, that's terrible brutal like that's that that was that like makes that you lose faith in the whole system right there that even 100%. if you have money you can't you no. can't go, make it happen. it goes back to you the know? whole mismanagement well, of government like the government's a joke that's uh well they always talk about how the two-tier system they don't want that in in the medical yeah. field but like really if somebody wants to pay for let's say in your case an mri yeah. It just frees up spots for other people, exactly, right? Yeah. If you have a private facility who's taking cash for people, it's it's breaking down the numbers who people totally because yeah. there's going to be a right? there's going to be a percent of people that are like, I'm not waiting, I'm just going to go pay for it. Yeah, or I have insurance that'll cover it. Or and something. the thing is, the people who do have money just do that anyways. They, they go, go to the, the states. states. Yeah, totally. so. Yeah. They're giving your money to the states. I think their big concern is like all the doctors are just going to open their private. Oh thing. yeah, there'll that, be no good it. public. Do- but there is, it's a supply and demand thing. There's not enough people that are able to pay for that many doctors. So not every doctor is going to be able to open this private practice that no. makes all that mm-hmm. money. So you know the supply and demand is going to make it so doctors still have to work in public health care and yeah. maybe set it up so those guys can get paid because mm-hmm. I don't know the government's not having to pay as many doctors because some are private and have to make their own money instead of the totally. government handing them. You know, like, there's there's going to be a positive and negative to it no matter how you look at it. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I think a, I think a two-tier system is the way to it's go. It's achievable. I don't see why not. Like, The yeah. thing is, I don't, I don't get why it takes so long to... Move that a little closer oh, there. I don't get why it takes so long to get an MRI. It's like, is there a short of machines? Is that what it is? Like, why why don't we just don't get know. a couple more fucking <laughs> MRI machines? What's the deal? Add like why five machines. Take, why does it take six months well, to get an MRI? Why not have a public machine and a private machine that people can pay for? And, exactly. you know, maybe it eases the load on the public totally, one so that some of the people said. who can't afford it and need to use it can go do it while someone like, I don't know, who can't afford it. Just yeah. goes and pays for it and gets, well, you know. Well, the thing like, is, it's already a two-tier system with, like, pro athletes, right? Yeah. A hockey yeah. player gets an MRI the next day, 100%. no matter what. Yeah. If it's on the, like, Canadian healthcare system, I don't know. It might go private anyway. It's probably private. Yeah. They have private doctors. Yeah. Still, like, it's already a two-tier system. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's, it's all. It's just the tiers, that second tier is almost invisible it, right now. That's what anything politics like this is you can shoot holes in any theory you want oh yeah all that matters is some lobbyist behind it where they're shoving dollars in some politician's pocket right and at the end of the day well i don't know that's all that matters but that seems to be a huge motivation for. oh yeah well you heard that last big Whatever that last huge uh, bill that got passed in the states. Oh, it's a joke. Though the, the well, I forget what they called it. The uh, something bust, right? You're all up on the bust. state stuff here. Oh yeah, it's a whatever it was. It had like it was like the stack of pa- it was like what was it? A thousand pages long or something? Or something yeah, stupid. and there's like in it is like a huge paycheck for all these congressmen and all this shit. And then but uh, the thing and was, foreign affairs and shit. Like they're giving money all over the place and they're going to give everyone 600 bucks. The and then Trump was, wants to give everyone 2000 bucks and he's a fuck him. He's a white boy or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Know. The, yeah. Well, the thing was the bill was so big. There's no way anybody could read through it in the <laughs> yeah. amount of time it was given. Yeah, yeah. So they just pass it no matter what, just to get something through. 
but well, again, like, because nobody's can, read it, it's just exactly. who, who's getting paid off to say yes to it. Yeah, or exactly. who's getting paid off to say no to? They it. just make it so out of control that they just say, "Okay, fuck yeah. it, we're just gonna no. pass it," just so to make everybody somewhat happy. Yeah, I don't know. It's a shit show. Mm-hmm. What he's trying to say is, <laughs> <laughs> there's Keelan's input for that yeah. discussion. Thanks, Keelan. Good to good uh, to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Anyways, I guess. Uh, before we wrap this thing up, I want to talk to Todd about uh, a little bit about like, so last time you were on the podcast, you were talking about maybe making a comeback to racing yeah. and, you know, with a lot of various circumstances, the COVID, everything, like the shit show of yeah. the year it's been, mm-hmm. you didn't really get to make your return. No, not um, at all. Didn't even touch a bike. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I'm kind of, I guess I'm kind of in a spot right now where I'm stepping on away. Events. I'm stepping away from racing completely. No, I wouldn't say completely. I still want to stay involved in the sport, but I'm just wondering, like, how do you feel, like, do you feel like you're okay with stepping away or do you want to, do you still have that kind of urge to come back? So if I won the lottery, I'd be balls deep in racing, no matter what. So you still have the urge. I would love to race. And if it was one single race that I got to ride to my full potential, I'd be fine with it. It's getting harder and harder to do every year that passes. Yeah. And uh, I, d- I honestly don't know if it's going to happen. It's probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, at this point, especially the way everything's going, like, I don't have even my gear. Like, I'm wearing a whole – my helmet, I think, is like four years old <laughs> at this yeah. point. So yeah. everything – and then support's getting harder to get. Everything is harder. It's hard – for me to think about giving it up but i know it's a real reality that's probably coming pretty quick i'm 29 already yeah <laughs> it'd be a pretty ridiculous to come back yeah it's, it gets this. harder and harder every year you don't race so, too i don't know i really don't um yeah like i said if if i hit the lottery i'm racing yeah but if i uh I don't know. I'm having a lot of fun mountain biking. Yeah. Just I just put my name on a new mountain bike that I'm pretty happy about. So how is that kind of how you make peace with that decision that you're uh, you gotta kind of? I'm in the same spot where I'm like, yeah, I feel like I have I haven't achieved everything I could. I feel like I gave more to the sport than I got out, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's tricky to like you could get lost and just oh, chase yeah. this thing until you're yeah, 40 years exactly. old easily. i already feel like i've put it set aside other things in my life to accommodate for racing even if i haven't gone anywhere with racing i've just kept that priority totally. somehow in my life even if i haven't went anywhere else with it yeah it's uh yeah it's been tough um yeah it's just like like i said i would love to have one one race honestly it could be one moto yeah <laughs> depending on how that moto went you'd be good with it yeah if i if i showed up to like a canadian national checked out one i wouldn't even show up for second moto <laughs> i would just done i would i just That's wave it. at the fans yeah. and, and go to the pits <laughs> i i don't even think i'd do a podium speech i'd just, just ride gone. home and be done yeah. it'd be it'd be it for me yeah <laughs> it's it's easy to think like that too but uh yeah the reality is the amount of work I would, the amount of work I'd have to put in 
to make the dream happen at this point is like ridiculous and without a, a handout of cash or something yeah, yeah. and even at that even at that it's like there's you like, could, you could I would do, have to live at the bakery yeah. <laughs> baker's factory to to and you could you've seen it hundred times like you could do everything right you could mm-hmm. do everything right you could do everything perfect through the off season all it takes is one stupid yeah, exactly. little thing a week the before fir- national first turn pile up at the first round and mm-hmm. you're screwed yeah. and it's just like that's kind of where I'm at I'm like mm-hmm. man I'm prioritizing this over things in my life that I think are more important yeah like I would probably if if I were to break it down and I said okay what's really important to me what's the mm-hmm. most important thing to me mm-hmm. it's not a fucking dirt bike race no it's not no. and but I put was, that was it two years ago do you think your mind has changed in, um, in just the most recent years or honestly if I probably took a good hard look in the mirror probably not because there's like if I okay if I were to break this is I've been doing some like real heavy soul searching this past like three months trying to decide do I want to go right because like at the last round I'm like yeah I'm coming back I'm coming back yeah but then I'm like okay well what's really important to me what's the most important thing to me and I'm like well first of all it's got to be your health your mental health your right. physical health and I don't have that right now mm-hmm. like I don't have my hands don't work properly I have post-concussion syndrome I'm I'm finally getting back to the place where I feel like I'm really good and I don't want to jeopardize that again yeah so I'm like, okay, am I going to put racing in front of that priority? Second priority would be my relationships with my friends and my family. And yeah. it seems like every time I go racing, that shit gets pushed to the back burner every time. Like, I don't take the time. I don't. Well, especially to do it at a yeah a high level, you kind of have to. You like, have there's to. There's no, uh, otherwise you're just putting yourself at a disadvantage if you're trying to. You do have to, especially when you're not on a factory program or whatever and it's. Yeah, like I'm not spending yeah. the time to go spend t- quality time with my friends and family, and yeah. yeah, you're like even though your friends and family understand what oh, you're, yeah. you're doing, right? It's not like, the th- yeah, that's not the thing. It's more like you want you do want to. I, I get what you're saying. You do want to give your friends quality time because y- you probably feel like they deserve it. You want to spend time with them to, I don't know, build those relationships. Yeah. But and it's like is that is racing more important than? having those relationships yeah. and it's not that those relationships will go away completely right. it's just like it's not the same thing but i've done this it's not like i haven't done this i have not like i've not raced i've raced right. the, my first national was 2008 that's like 13 years ago yeah it's not like you're missing out on uh, yeah on it to speak i've finished in the top five i've rode for race teams i've yeah. had people believe in me and like i've done it yeah i've done the thing like why am, what am i doing why am i still chasing this e- so even though you maybe didn't or I don't know, maybe you did accomplish the goals you set out to achieve or you didn't, right? Do you f- is, is that playing into any of your mind? Do you feel like you've accomplished something that at one point in time you feel like you didn't accomplish? Uh, Has that changed I still, But I still feel like there's more on the table. Like, yeah. I feel like, man, I could, if, if the stars aligned and I had, if I rode to, like what Todd was saying, if I rode to the... Yeah, for if sure. If I rode to my complete but ability, I feel like I could land on the podium. S- sitting here today, you sound... Uh, it sounds like you're somewhat happy with, yeah, not I'm, happy with your career, but happy with the way your career went and yeah. all that, and you've enjoyed it, and you, you, you have no, um, 
What's the regrets? Hell? Yeah. Regrets, yeah. Have, regrets. Uh, ra- no regrets. No regrets. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like you can chase that. Like, but has you, that only cha- changed recently? Because I don't recent. feel like you were sitting here talking like this Definitely a year not. or two ago. This is something that's it's a new. It's changed. Like I'm okay with it. I'm okay with what I've accomplished. Like if I would have told myself when I was ten years old that I would finish top five at a national, I'd be like, "Fucking sweet, sign me up!" Like that's if that's all I get, if that's the most I'll ever accomplish. That's yeah. way more than I ever thought I would accomplish. That day you got that top five, was that enough for you though? No, it didn't feel no, like you achieved what your your ten year old self thought would would have been. I sick. Wanted, yeah, obviously you want more, right. right? But it's like, where do you draw the line between striving for more and just being content with what you've accomplished? Like, you could do that till you're dead. What helped you? define that line or or feel that line out though like is there yeah i mean you can get as personal as you want what was it uh, how have you drawn that line now because i think that's what so many people have a hard time with is is uh, you may not be able to put your finger on i know i just want to i know exactly what it is but i I can't really (laughs) say it on the air but um no it was like i went through like two week period of like wasn't i couldn't sleep i'm just restless like right yeah. when we got back i wasn't like in a great mental space for when I, when we got back from the east coast i'm like man this you're sucked i put everything into this and it just turned to shit right and then it just like i don't know one day i woke up and it was just clear i'm like you know what it's what i i did what i set out to do yeah. and it's okay i'm okay with it mm-hmm. i have no regrets mm-hmm. like it was I had an awesome time. I don't hate the sport. I love the sport still. I still love the sport as much as I ever did. And yeah. I would do it again. I would still do it if I could. Like, if yeah. it was, if it made sense. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the thing, right? But it doesn't like, make sense. Even, that's why I backed out of this year's racing. It just didn't make sense. I yeah. was behind the eight ball. I, I ate shit so many times in Cali. It wasn't even funny. Every time I was on the bike, I hit the dirt. And then, like, now looking how the series went i would have had to like live out of my van yeah by myself totally for two three months that would have yeah, been awful yeah. it wasn't it wasn't ideal and i'm, I'm kind of glad i missed out on that um yeah and you, i wouldn't have gotten the results i wanted anyways it's tough out there too you go so you jump straight into I've, an east coast series three four mud races in a row you know it's like <laughs> jesus yeah <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> so and for like most guys i think on the field probably didn't have enough preseason riding yeah i don't know i don't know it's like and it sucks too because i like the first moto at gopher i wrote uh, that was like the sand moto of my life yeah it was good yeah. it was great and then it was all downhill from there <laughs> <laughs> off the side of the big booter well that's and, the thing too uh, like that's what i mean too with my health like when you're in that thing it's when you're in you're so immersed in the racing it's you can't like admit that you you can't admit defeat okay. so you just keep trying and trying yeah. and trying yeah. and it's like i should have pulled the plug at the second round i should have it's everyone everyone was it made perfect sense to everyone else but me mm-hmm. i like don't you were there no, Chris, i didn't you think know. it made per- i i i was there so i i heard you know everything that was going on i got to see it all right to me it didn't make sense for you to pull the plug if you aren't ready to pull the plug because at that point you still had a ton of preparation into it and whatnot as the season went on yeah it was kind of like fuck you know each time the thumb went or the bike blew up or you know it was just like my god is 
is this just a train wreck happening? But no, it wasn't because there was still a lot of good that oh yeah it was did happen. But yeah, results weren't there. Um, but if you had pulled the plug on it at Gopher, would you be sitting here saying you regretted? Yeah. No, you don't think I, so. I would regret it, but yeah, I, wouldn't, would regret I it. wouldn't be in the same mindset that I am now. That's yeah. why that's why I say I have no regrets about so anything. You like, had to go yeah. through exactly. you couldn't pull that plug. Like mm-hmm. as easy as it was for somebody else to say it, it wouldn't have turned out the same for you today. You might not have been sitting here saying the same thing of you were satisfied with the series. You might be gearing up to go do it again and just go through 100%. the same mm-hmm. thing 100%. again of, you know, whether it's a first turn crash that takes you out again, the, off the side of the booter, mm-hmm. uh, three mud races in a row, the thumb dislocating, the bike blown up. Like the list was so long last year for you. It was, you know, that should have been inspiring for, you know, anybody on the sidelines to watch somebody get up and keep going at that. Like, <laughs> it was like, yeah. I don't. I don't think many guys would have. They would have thrown the towel in halfway through that. Well, the thing was, like, yeah, it's so much invested. It's hard to totally, back out. Totally. Yeah. Like, like if you're a, if you're a hired gun coming to Canada, you know, you, I don't know how some of the American guys come to prep for Canada. I take it it's like short notice. Like you get a bike yeah. a month before. <laughs> yeah. They tell you to ride it. Um, it's pretty easy for some of them to back out. Yeah. They got. They don't have no skin in the game. It's not. Yeah. I don't know what their pay is, but this, this the thing is they're getting paid. They haven't paid anything yeah. yet. Yeah. Here, so yeah. Well, that was a thing. Once you've invested all that, it's hard to back out. Super yeah. hard. Yeah. And it was like all I wanted to do for the last like five years was quit my job and just go racing. Yeah. yeah. And I finally got to do that, and it just went to hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which sucked because I felt like I was riding my best, and I'm like, man, what if it's what if it turns around? What if it turns around? And man, yeah. I knew like. Obviously, looking back at it, it was delusional. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think the wrong. Yeah, you can't look at it like a what if. If you're looking at it a what if, you're already in the wrong. You kind of, in a way, you gotta know. Like when I went yeah. and I had my really good result in Calgary, um, just for one moto. Um, I kind of knew going in that day. I already knew. Like I had, that was like my best preseason training in a long time. I skipped. I didn't go to the the two earlier rounds in Kamloops and Nanaimo. I just focused on Calgary in town track. I knew I rode like five days a week there. And, uh, on race day, like I, I was so nonchalant. I almost missed my qualifier. (laughs) I was like, I missed like three laps of my qualifier. And I got out there and did two laps of my qualifier. I was the fastest in the group because I was group B (laughs) and, uh, and then yeah, and then, and then first moto went to hell because I got caught in a ter- uh, first, first turn, turn pile yeah. up. Um, but second moto, I had like last gate pick. I lined up very outside, and I had like a game plan. I had no worries. It was, I already knew I was gonna have a good day. Yeah. So I knew the preparation I put in. I knew the track. I knew the track better than anybody on the line. And uh, and and it showed. Even if like. I, I'll, I'll be honest. I was out of shape, even even with the preparation I had. I was mountain biking quite a bit that year, and I did a lot of laps around the track, but I still wasn't in great shape. And uh, but like, I was coming through the pack, and it was like a conscious decision to like back it down, man. Yeah, I just felt that way that day. It's like you know, you put in the work. You know, you just 
the the whole like knowledge is power thing i feel like that applies to everything in life and knowledge is not quite power but it's confidence and it's and it's peace of mind right when you show up at work and you know the ins and out of that shop you work in yeah you know every square inch of that place you know the drawings that come in every day there's very little things that is like a curveball in your day yeah and you're the man right yeah and i feel like that's same thing with everything that's the same with moto right if you've done the work you know your bike you know the track or you know conditions it's just easy to be confident and ride right every time you're on the bike when you've put in the work and you, yeah and you know what's going on right nothing to second guess nothing to second guess you're not like yeah you're not coming in the pits trying to make radical yeah. bike changes between <laughs> motos because you think you're gonna you think you're gonna make a difference right reinvent it's, the wheel yeah, yeah it's, it's you're it's, lost at that point exactly so it's like just knowledge is confidence and knowledge is peace of mind to me totally yeah and uh and the days i've rode well it's it's kind of been that way right yeah so as much as you caught that day where you knew it was going right do you know those days when it's going wrong and i should i did know it i so the day i ate shit and broke my ankle i knew it was a bad day yeah i told actually matt and i've talked about this like i told him in the pits that day in that morning i didn't even have my transponders charged yeah. i borrowed someone's transponder i was so so out of it yeah that i wasn't i shouldn't have been racing that day i took racing for granted at that point like yeah you know. but also you feel like a bitch if you're like nah i'm not gonna race today because yeah, exactly. i'm just not feeling it i'm just not feeling <laughs> exactly it. you don't want to be that guy here right yucky <laughs> But again, if you're confident about how you feel, it's like, yeah, I'm not racing. Period. It's not. It's not that yeah. I don't feel right. It's just it's. Yeah. It's not. It's not going to work for me from well, for all these reasons, right? I didn't train, or if you can be confident in your decision, it's it's such it's a hard different. thing too, because like people will sit there and be like, oh, I feel like shit, and I go do my job. You can suck it up and go race. You're getting paid to do it or whatever. You're getting to do something you love. Yeah, you're not risking you know, your damn life. Right? Yeah, exactly. But that's the thing. Like, the repercussions of not being into that day and somebody just saw so, uh, you're a bitch if you don't go race and ride. And you feel like that as an well, athlete look what too. happens. Yeah. Yep. But you you would, I guarantee you, if you didn't race that day, you'd feel like a sack of shit. You'd be like, oh, man, well, what, oh, what yeah. the yeah. biggest thing is because right? of that peer pressure. Yeah. Well, well and, that's true. And you wouldn't know that the if end result would have been that negative too you would have thought no. oh i could have won that race I, oh this guy won it and i can wax him right well yeah. you know hindsight's 2020 of exactly course, but, uh you know maybe as good as you feel some of those days and as bad as you feel some of those days you should trust it a little more mm-hmm. and yeah although you got to figure out how to race on your bad days too to win yeah, a championship you like you can't yeah. you can't go out there and well not, there's not this ride. difference between riding on bad days and just being ill repaired uh ill prepared uh, yes and, yeah and too. not putting in the work right the people who put in work can have bad days yeah. like yeah. ricky put totally. in work and his bad days were quite different than second, not putting into work yeah. second place mm-hmm. <laughs> second place is a bad day holy shit so, yeah Last week we were giving Keelan a hard time and not about not spilling his plans, but you won't spill what's uh, changed your perspective here. Oh, so we cannot <laughs> talk about this online on the air. Online on the on air, whatever. But it's it's fine. Like 
I don't know. I think it's just a combination of a lot of things. Like I went back to work. I went back to my job that I thought I hated. Yeah. And I'm like, how's that been? It's been awesome. Like, like I, I go back and it's like, what? it's funny that Todd said that. Cause it's like, I go back and like, especially after a shitty summer of like being super down on myself. Yeah. I go back there. I'm like, I'm the man again. Like, it's like, I, I know everything about this shop. Yeah. I, I can do anything here. Nothing's right. a curveball in your day, yeah, right? It's like Which any, is so... Well, there can be curveballs too, but then it's just a problem to be solved and you can figure it out. Exactly. Like, it's you like, can I, approach it like not emotional. You just yeah. like, there's a process. Like if this happens, well, then I just have to do this. It's not a mystery yeah. of what needs to happen. It's, yeah. I just have to do this. And then it makes, and you already know that. So, and when there's a shit hits the fan and you're the guy to fix it, you feel even more like the man. It's like, man, like what, what can't I do? Like it's, mm-hmm. that's what I feel like at the shop. Like it's why, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I've worked there like pretty much my whole life. It's mm-hmm. so going, um, back to work now. Do you feel like you'll be at a point again in a few years where you're ready to leave that? Or you think you're, I'm really, really thinking hard about this. And yeah. it's like, how do I, stop myself from slipping back into that place where i'm just bored and i'm like uninspired and i don't really know the answer i guess you don't really know so the, the, that was kind of the yeah main what is the progression left. in your profession right yeah like yeah i don't know i think i'm just at this point i'm just happy to be i mean i guess with covid and everything a lot of people don't even have jobs i'm just happy to have a job and Comfort. like happy to feel mm-hmm. some purpose and yeah. feel like i know what i'm doing like it's yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the thing when I so when I worked at the glass company, I uh, I kind of excelled fairly quick, um, and he had me, the the guy had me go into like sites by myself where I'm like I've been working there for a topsy year, and I still don't know everything about installing glass, and I get to a place where it's like totally out of my skill set and i'm trying to make it work it is so nerve-wracking and stressful that uh it's just so hard to be there right Mm -hmm. and when you when you know what you're doing it's just so much easier to deal with right yeah you just again there's a process you know the answer and you just have to execute it yeah yeah so yeah Good one, guys. Anyone, Good one. Anyway, anything else before we wrap this thing up? Uh, not for me. Todd, you got anything else? Not really. This is a good one. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, yeah, let's uh, wrap this thing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If coach would have put me in fourth quarter, we'd have been state champions, no doubt. No doubt in my mind. You better believe things have been different. I'd have gone pro a heartbeat i'd be making millions of dollars and living in a big old mansion somewhere you know soaking it up in a hot tub with my soulmate yeah